church. And while this isn't my Bible, uh, it's an electronic one. I want to verify. Got red letters and everything. So if you'd like to look it up, it's Revelation 3, first, chapter, first verse. I believe he's putting it up on the bulletin, up, up on the uh, screen up there. So you can read up there if you prefer, but like I said, I, I don't want to hold God's word in my hands when I read. Okay? Everybody ready? Revelation 3, verse 1. To the angel of the church of Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will know, will not know, at what time I will come. Oops. Pastor talked about the uh, the trunk or treat the other day, and one of the things that I had heard on the radio was to uh, somebody said one of the memorable things they remember as a kid growing up was they went to this one house and they had to tell a joke before they got their candy or their treat. So that was the trick. So I thought, heh, knowing me, being bashful as I am, I. I ask all the kids, before, you, before I give you candy, you've got to tell me a joke. Some of them, even being really, really tiny, you know, they would, they would come up and those who were around me would, would hear this. I'd, I'd have a little kid go, well, I don't, I don't know something. And then pretty soon they'd go, oh, and they'd tell me one word that I couldn't even understand. And they would start laughing. So, that's good. But I wrote down all those jokes, and this morning's sermon is going to be on all the jokes I heard. Is that okay? No, that's not okay. Okay. Well, but 
I thought they were all cute. Some of them, most of them I don't remember. But uh, it, was, it was fun. We had a good time. Homeward Bound Trio has been together for 31 years, as of in a two weeks, I think it is. And through all this time, we've done a lot of traveling, 17 states. Imagine that. And every time we go out of town, we stay at motels. Anybody have to stay at motels when you're traveling? Oh, you gotta, you gotta write down, I, I write down all the ones that we've been to so that I can call them back and say, we'd like to come back again. And if it wasn't for Ed, we could probably go back to most of them, but they say, no, we don't want to. But most of them will ask you, some of the ones even when I was working, I would go and they'd say, do you want a wake up call? And most of the time we don't because Ed's up at, you know, oh dark 30. But a lot of times we have to say, you know, I'd either have a, a, an alarm clock or I'd say, yeah, give me a call. So at a such and such a time, 5 in the morning, 5.30, whatever, they'd call and they'd say, hey, oh, this is your wake-up call. You ever had that? You ever done that? Anybody ever done that? Annoying. <laughs> and sometimes when we're getting ready to go on a trip, I'll set my alarm next to my bed and... And I don't know about yours, but my alarm clock has a horrible, horrible noise to it. I mean, it goes off and you go, you jump out of bed screaming because it's so horrible. But we have to have wake-up calls, don't we? And I read this in, in, uh, in the third chapter of Revelation to Sardis about the wake-up call. And... Every time I, I am preparing for, um, for a message, it seems like as I'm praying, God, what do you want for me to do? What scripture is it that you'd like for me to, to read from and, and have you, you know, speak through me? It always seems to be something that comes back and points at me. Right, Pastor? I mean, it seems like he's, God's preaching to me. And then, oh, by the way, if you guys get a benefit from it, that's okay. But he preaches to me. And as I, I read this scripture and I was doing my study on this, I thought, oh, that's me. You know, I need a wake-up call once in a while. I do. I really do. As I was reading about uh, Sardis, I like to do a little history on what the scripture is all about. And as I read on Sardis, it was the fifth church of the seven churches of the apocalypse. If you've read Revelation, which I'm hoping you have, this is the, this is the fifth one. And Sardis happened to be, back in, in uh, biblical days, the capital of the uh, Lydia, Lydia, Lydia uh, Empire. And it happened to be built... At 1,500 feet above the, the floor of the desert down there, it was way up on top. And they built, a, built it up there for, for safety, for security reasons. And I don't know if you've been, anybody ever climbed Long's Peak? Anybody done Long's Peak? Nobody but me? <sighs> Have you? And you know that it, you go way back up in there and you look at, you look at it from here and it looks like a, just a little peak. You get up on top of Long's Peak, and it's about the size of a football field. I mean, it is huge on top. So I can imagine Sardis was built up on one of those big old mountains, 
and it was steep on every side. Now, if you do Long's Peak, you got to go through the little keyhole and back up this little bitty little pathway, rocky pathway to the backside and come up. But you can climb the front if you have ropes and carabiners and all that stuff. And that's the way Sardis was. So they were pretty safe. So they were safe from their enemies, right? Not so much. Because I also read before Christ was born in the, in the B.C. time frame, there was enemies that came in and said, we're going to take Sardis. We're going to find out how we're going to do it, and we're going to do it. And they did. Why? Because the people of Sardis became very lax. They thought, you know, we're up here on this mountaintop and nobody's going to get me. Have you ever thought about that as a Christian? When you become a Christian, you think, thank you, Lord, for saving me. And, and I, I'm so grateful for that. And now that I'm a Christian, nothing's going to come and hinder me. Satan will not get in and impact my life, will he? Wrong. Doesn't matter how tall your mountain is, how steep the cliffs are, like Sardis was, the enemy will come in and likes to come in and destroy you because they want control of what you have. Satan wants control today of each and every one of your lives. Do you know that? If you haven't heard that, hear it today. Satan wants you. He wants you big time. But I read in... I read in, the, in every one of these uh, churches, the seven churches of the apocalypse, at the very end it says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Are you listening to the Spirit of the Lord today? It's not just all these churches, it's to each one of us today. What is God telling you today? Where is God leading you today? In the, in the uh, first, uh, actually second verse, it says, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. God knows each and every one of us. We may think at times we, we hide stuff. Linda and I have been married almost 48 years. And... Although we know each other, I know there's little things that we hide. I know she hides a little bit of money in her purse for, for little extra stuff. And I may hide something from her. Yeah, I, I was out running around today and I decided to stop in at Taco Bell and get something to eat. And didn't take her. But God knows everything about you. He even knows all your thoughts. He knows what you're going through. You may come to church on Sunday morning and you're smiling and you're blessed and you're overjoyed. And then back in the back you're going, oh man, this trial I'm going through. Nobody knows. God does. He knows what you're going through today. So Sardis was known as a, as a city that appeared to be, had a very good reputation. But I hear that it says... You have, a, uh, you have one, you have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. What does God know about you today? Where are you at today with your relationship with the Lord? Are you playing church? Or are you really, really, really in love with the Lord today? 
It says, he says here, strengthen what remains and is about to die. If you start failing, if you start looking at things of the world, and Satan, Satan knows, he's, he is very smart. He knows the best way to get to you. He may not say, Jim, I want you to go out after church today, and I want you to go down to the some place and, and, and rob the cash, the cash register. And if somebody's there, I want you to shoot them. He's knows, he knows that you're not going to do that. But he can come in a different way and get to you and pull you away from what you know is right. You know it's right in your heart. But you know, folks, we get so busy every day. I'm, I'm looking at getting a, a new cell phone because mine is so obsolete, it's two years old. And, and it's operating real slow and it's got lots of problems. And I'm looking at another one. We live in a society that's a throwaway society. Years ago, we could buy a refrigerator in the last 30 years. You buy one now, what is it, five years maybe? We live in a throwaway society today. Don't get caught up in what goes on in this life today that we're so on fire and moving so quickly through life that we lose track of what's real and what's right. We're not going to live forever. We're not going to be on this earth forever. We met a pastor one time that was 70, I think at the time, maybe in his mid-70s. And he said, I'm going to keep starting churches because I'm going to keep preaching until I'm 100 years old. I don't know how he knew he was going to be 100 years old. I don't think I want to live to be 100 years old. But he, he said, I'm going to keep doing that. Probably because as pastors, we never retire, do we? But God knows you and he knows your life. And he knows his plan for you. Mine is Jeremiah 37. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. God has a plan for each one of us. And we need to keep focused on what God has for us. It says in uh, Matthew 9, 4, it says, God, knowing your thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? When God knows all about what's going on in your heart. But I know you, he says, I know what you do and that I know what you love in your hearts. You may, you may say, Lord, I love you. And in your heart, you're thinking about so, so many other things that just pull you away. That pull you away. Are we wrapped up so much in our life? Are we too busy? Do we have more on our plate than we can really handle today? I, I like the, uh, I know you've been doing pastor sermons on the gifts and the talents that we have. And I was here one Sunday that you did the, the survey. Did, did everybody do that? And did you do it honestly? I found out there's actually some things that I'm not good at. Amen. <laughs> and yet... When, when we're asked to do something, there's what, 10% of the, of the church people are doing 90% of everything? I may have the numbers wrong, but it's, it's, it's a large, just a very small group of people in the church are doing everything. Ron, how would you like to do 
such and such. Well, I've got my plate full, but, you know, I, I, somebody knows that they can come to me and, and I'll say yes. I have learned a long time ago how to say yes, but I don't know how to say no. Don't you say amen. But we don't. And so we'll get involved in things even in the church that seem to be good. Just because we are the people, I know I can do it. There's nobody else in this world that can do it but me. And yet that's not your skill or your talent. That's not what you're good at. Don't get overwhelmed with everything on your plate that you lose track of what's real. He says, I know the deeds, I know your reputation, but you're almost dead. We get tired, don't we? We get really tired. The next thing, the next uh, verse says, wake up. Wake up. Be watchful. Depends on which version of the Bible you read. It's either wake up or, or be watchful. Same thing. Watch out. That alarm clock goes off in the morning and I hear that alarm clock. So annoying, but I'm just not quite done with it. So I hit the snooze button. Everybody's shaking their head. They know that one. I don't know why they put snooze buttons on them. They should, they should just let it keep ringing and ringing for five minutes to get you out of bed. Because if you hit the snooze button, you can go back to sleep. Can't you? And then five minutes later, it goes off again. So I've got that, I got that little buffer. I can go back to sleep for five minutes. And maybe five minutes more. And maybe five minutes more until it's too late. Scripture says today, wake up, wake up, be watchful, strengthen what remains, and it's about to die. Cling to what Christ has for your life. You remember when you became a Christian? Maybe for us, for some it may be, you know, a week, two weeks, a month ago, six months ago. Some of us, like me, it was about a hundred years ago, it seems. Think back. All the burden of sin is gone. Amen? You guys need to be... Wake up! Wake up! The burden of sin is gone. I no longer have that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You're so excited. I'm going to go tell everybody that what Christ did for, my, for me and in my life. I'm going to tell everybody. And about six months later, boy, I'm glad what God did for me. Thirty years later, you're going, you forgot all about it. Have you forgot what Christ has done for you? Have you forgot? That song, the, the song that we did this morning, remember... We remember the works of your hands. Are you remembering what God has done in your life? You know, that's something you can cling to. You can cling to that every single day. When, when the struggles and trials of life get so heavy for you, remember. Remember what God has done in your life. What has He brought you out of? What has He done for you? It says... It says, remember, therefore, what you have received and heard, and obey it and repent. You thought repentance was just for sinners, didn't you? 
as Christians, we need to come back and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've gotten so busy. I've had so many things going on in my life that I've forgotten what you have done in my life. How you've helped me. I like that, uh, I like that, last, that last verse that I sang. I remember when you saved me, when you called my name. You love me. Jesus Christ loves you today. He doesn't want you to slip away. He doesn't want you to get so busy that you forget where you came from. Hold on to it every single day. Do you get so busy that, man, the first thing in the morning, I've got to hurry and get, get things together. I overslept. I hit the snooze button just once too many times. And now I'm, I'm in a hurry. I got to get going. I got to get red dressed, go to work. I got to go shopping. I got to go whatever you got to do. And this thing starts to get dusty. Is your Bible dusty? Did you bring your Bible today, by the way? Put, put your Bible up. Put your Bible up. Woohoo! Woohoo! Praise the Lord. Is it dusty? Don't spend so much time in things of life that you take over what happens in your life. You know, I am so brilliant. You know, I have gone to college or I maybe haven't gone to college. I am so smart. You know, I'm, I'm all, now I'm almost 70 years old. Whoo! I'm an old man. And I've been through so many things in my life. You know, there's nothing else. If something comes my way, I can handle it. I can handle anything. I've been there, done that, got the certificate for it. I've done that. You know, God, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you for something if it's a real big thing that comes up in my life. Oh, the bombings or the shootings. <gasps> got to go and pray, Lord. But otherwise... Have we done that? Have we gotten so busy that we, we, we think we have everything under control and we don't? Who was it? Somebody, oh, Joanne had posted on Facebook about her cat that, and people were praying that God would help and bring back that cat. Is that okay? Yes. God, God wants every piece of your life. You lose a key, sometimes we get frustrated. We lost a, a key and now we can't get into the house or we had an extra key and we can't find it. Leave it alone. God will show you where it's at if it's important. Read your Bible. Pray every single day. Don't get so wrapped up in life that you don't remember where God's brought you out of. This has been a tough year for, for the trio. We've had to make some decisions. We've had to go through some struggles and trials in our life. And we had to just hold on and remember what God has got us through. God is faithful. He hears our prayers. He answers our prayers. He will meet our needs. For God says He knows the plans He has for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. If you're not being prospered and you feel broken down and beaten and battered and don't know which way to go, 
It's not God. Satan knows how to get in there, doesn't he? If I could just pull them this way. If I go up the backside of Sardis, there's a nice little trail that goes up the backside of Sardis, and we can climb that to the top, and we can overtake Sardis. Satan knows every little trail, every little crack and crevice that he can climb up to get to you and destroy your life. He's got one purpose in this. In it, I, I know of one purpose that he has, and it's to destroy you. He hates you. He will destroy you. Don't give him the chance. Don't give him the chance. And if you're going through a struggle today, remember Remember where God has brought you through. Remember it. Cling to it. Grab a hold. Don't let go. And God is faithful. He's faithful. I, uh, I mentioned this before. Um, that what my grandmother had told me a long time ago. Times in my life when I would just seem like things were just not going right. And I had a decision to make, go to college, not to go to college, which college to go to. My grandma says, you know, if there's confusion in what you're doing, it's not of the Lord. He will open up and make things, doors will open. Amen? Remember what God's done. Obey it and then repent and say, God, I am so sorry. That I got pulled off this certain way. I'm so sorry. Because when you get strayed, you will fall away from what deeds that God has for you that's unfinished. You know, sometimes we, we feel like God's plan is to go a certain direction. Sometimes we veer off. The Bible says... If you don't praise the Lord, even the rocks will cry out. I don't want to have a rock cry out for me. Amen? But there are times in which if I don't follow where, thing, where I'm supposed to go, God will make things, he's, he's the one that can make things happen, even though we may not be following him. We had a, we had a um, uh, revival service in Canyon City, years ago. And I didn't, you know, as, as, we, as we have this, have, go into churches and we don't know the people and we preach and we got through with that sermon and you know who came to the altar? It was the pastor. He was bawling and crying. For you see, he got so busy that he ran across a lady, that, a young gal that wanted to talk to him. And he said, I'll get back with you. And it was a few days later, whatever it was, she died. He did not get a chance to speak to her. When something comes and God says, talk to somebody or do something, do it now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Remember, obey. For it says on the next scripture, it says, But if you do not wake up, if you do not wake up, 
I will come like the thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. We don't know how much time we have left here on earth. We need to use every opportunity we have of worshiping and ministering in Christ's name. Amen? If you do not wake up, so there's an option. Wake up or don't wake up. Hit the snooze button. Go back to sleep. Anybody ever hit the snooze button, went back to sleep, and all of a sudden you realize, I'm late for work. (laughs) Fortunately, if you do that all, I mean, unfortunately, if you do that all the time, you may not have a job to go to. Unfortunately, if you fall asleep and you don't wake up to the words of what God has for you and you slip into what Satan wants you to do and you don't wake up, you're going to lose your salvation. You're going to lose what God wants for you. The plan He has for you to prosper you and not to harm you. Prosper you and not to harm you. It says here in, uh, in verse 4 and 5, in verse 4 and 5 it says, There are few people left in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me, dressed in white, for they are worthy. Is your clothes soiled today? Are you walking victorious? He who overcomes will be dressed in white. I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my Father. Wow. God loves you today. Don't get into the trap of slipping away and letting things get so busy in your life that you lose track of what's real. What's real in your life? Is today, are you getting a a wake-up call today? In the back of your mind, are you having, now I get, using this thing here, I get get voices in my head, but they're not the, the bad voices. But are you getting the alarm going off? Is there something that you need to make sure that you're back on track? You're following what Christ has for you? And everything's okay? Are you dressed in white? Are you soiled? Do you need to get things right with the Lord today? We have no idea when we walk out that door what's going to happen. Too often we don't preach about there's a heaven, but there's a hell. And it says here, it says if you do not, it'll be like a thief coming in the night. You don't know when it's going to happen. Just like that you could be gone. But if you follow and you're in His will... And your robe is white. He will never blot out your name. And he will acknowledge you to his father. Wow. That's enough to really get excited about. As we sing this last song, 
I want this to be kind of an invitation song. It's not, it's not necessarily an invitation song per se, but I want to use it as that because it says, the song says, if you knew him like I know him, if you're slipping off in a different direction of what God has for you, you don't know him like I know him. We have been through struggles this year, storms in our life that have been just traumatic. And it takes holding on and remembering what God has planned and hold on to that and come back and repent to him and say, God, I am so sorry. This thing got started getting dusty and I need to pull it out and dust it off and read and get my communication with you. If you knew him, like I know him, you'd know that he's a risen Lord. If you need to pray this morning, please, as we're singing this, please come to the altar. This is the time. I'd love to pray with you. I love you guys. This is hard. You won't know how, of all the services we hold during the year, to come back to your own family, it's, it's, it's hard. <laughs> But I can say I love you guys. This is my home. You are my family. And I want you to be in heaven with me. I don't want your, your garments to be soiled. I want them to be white. I want God himself to call out your name and acknowledge you that you are a child of God. Amen.